Good morning. Afternoon. Good morning. Evening, night. Hope all is well. All of you slept tight. If you didn't, you can go to bed in about a half hour to an hour. Right? I guess. Oh. Where's everybody? Yeah. I am. Oh, see, we got, we got, we got. All right. You know, some of the folks don't show up on time. You know how that is. So, good morning, everybody. Afternoon, evening, night. As I said, it's a wonderful time to be here on this uh, uh, installment number two in the month of October. The second to the, no, this is the, third to the last month of this year concluding and so we're uh, excited to be a part this month. Uh Mama Bell is over there near the piano party, I'm sure she is. And uh she's gonna get ready to to play for us. Okay. Uh huh. So we can that's the best way to get us started with some nice little music. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. All right, all right. I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. We want we want we want your we want your best pianist skills. All right, then. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Mm-hmm. Good morning. Good morning. I like to hear your voice. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, you you ready for me or what? Oh yes, I think I'm ready. Okay. Thank you. 
Focus this morning in the book of Kings, chapter 3, this, uh, 2 Kings, chapter 7, verse 3. We'll be looking from the, the thought of our brothers today. When thinking about our men today, one of the major thoughts that I think not only applies to our men, I think about that not only applies to our men, but I think about that applies to all people. There's a desperate need to know that somebody cares about them. It's a great opportunity here to uh, all of you who are socially uh, astute, who are technologically sound to send somebody a nice message and and tell them uh, that you're thinking about them. If not, write a note to tell them later to check on some people. Let them know that they're loved. Let them know that they care or cared for. I was sharing earlier, normally in this particular part of time, Brother Dennis is here. We have connected, and he's uh, doing fine under the circumstances, but he solicits that you continue to keep him in your thoughts and in your prayers as he is dealing with various issues uh, that are health-related. So uh, he he needs those things. So all of us need something. All of us are dealing with something, and it's important to remind the people that they are loved and and of what love is. And Mama Bell 
I know I don't lead in like Brother Dennis does very well, but Mama Bell knows how to tell you about love, more specifically about who loves you. And she'll go ahead and, yeah. Opportunity to hear your voices, everybody. Mama Bell says she don't know you're here, she don't hear you. So <laughs> all of you will have a nice good morning. Let's hear all the good mornings and all the pretty altos and sopranos and and tenors and basses. It's just a good good morning from everybody, if you will, just so we know you're there. Good morning, good morning. Good morning. Yeah. Okay. All right. We got all the good mornings out. The rest of them got frogs in their throat. That's all right. Not in their throat. It's in their throat. Yeah. So we're grateful. This week, uh... Uh, we have some things we want to focus our attention on. Between Harbor Park and Bramleton Avenue along what is known as Park Avenue, uh, you go back there, for those of you who can think about this, can visualize it in your brains, uh, when you make that left or right off of Park or off of Brambleton onto Park, either left as you're coming from Campus Stella or right as you're coming from downtown right on the Park Avenue, you go around that bend there under the uh, interstate there and go over to uh, uh, 
pop apart, you'll notice that uh, there's some homes up in there. The St. James Church is back there on Browns Avenue. And then you get to the railroad track, and that's where you cross over in Harbor Park. Uh, right before you get to the tracks and right after you pass St. James is a, a little pocket pantry that sits up in there. They call it the Elizabeth River Trail. Put that there. And what I've discovered in the past some odd days or so, and I don't know if anybody knew it when they installed it. I think it was just a, uh, well, it was put back there. I don't We'll just just leave that there. That um, I don't think anybody knew is what I was trying to say. I think we understood that it was a very uh, populated area, but a lot of people with substance abuse issues uh, pass by that particular place. It's very dark and secluded, and so that would make sense. Uh, for uh, somewhere like that to be a hot spot for substance abuse or those who are suffering, victims of extreme substance usage. Let's say it like that. Um, they come through there. So what we're going to do on Wednesday is uh, there's a young lady that is the co-founder of an organization called Free Life, and uh, she's going to meet me out there with a couple other folks. And we're going to fill that pantry up out there. It's just basic things, a couple cans, uh, some uh, non-perishable hygienic items, uh, maybe a pack of toilet paper to some tissues and things of that nature, things that don't go bad. Uh, if you can, uh, we'll put those out there. Uh, anywhere between now and Wednesday morning, if you ran the house, you say, you know what, I got a, a, a roll of toilet paper or a box of tissues or or something that uh, we can put out there, maybe one or two cans. It's not that big, so you don't have to, to think too hard about it. But you say, I got one or two things I want to put out there. Uh, please uh, uh, let me know. And... Uh, We'll collect those items and put it out there in the box on Wednesday morning. We're going to try to do it by 10 o'clock on Wednesday. And so uh, that will happen for uh, for that, and uh, we will appreciate any support we can get to help us do that. Again, it's not that big, so it shouldn't – it's not a bank breaker. We'll say the bank breaker for when we build the, the Roman Empire in two years. Um, Saturday, for all of you marathon runners and and people who can beat Mama Bell in a 25-mile marathon, uh, we're going to meet at the Lambeth Point Golf Course at 8 o'clock. That's the uh, one of the city of Norfolk's uh, new uh Properties of acquisition, if you please. Uh, they're trying to discuss what they're going to do with it and and how it can benefit and best serve 
all the people at Norfolk. So we're going to go out there, and Councilwoman McClellan is going to meet us out there, and she's going to chat about the vision in Norfolk and what this property could mean, and it's a great opportunity to come out and dream about what uh, could happen. And for those those of you who do not necessarily live in that area, you may live in other parts of of Norfolk or uh, other parts of the world, for that matter. We'll talk about what I mean by that in just a second. Uh, It's a great opportunity to come out and see what what is happening here and how it can, uh, you know, better serve where you're living. So uh, that's a great thing. And also we have a young man. uh, He's a protege of mine, uh, a professor, adjunct professor over at Hampton University who's working on his Ph.D. He's going to be out there talking about climate change and sea level rise and how uh, these various uh, issues with the climate and how our culture is dealing and responding and environmental injustice and all those different things. He's going to make a a presentation about that. And so for those who may not know all you want to know about the environment and subjects connected the same, that's a great opportunity to come hear him. And finally on that day, we have a young lady that's going to get your bones all warmed up and lubricated. So she will be out there to help us uh, get all, as they say, loosey-goosey. So that's at 8 o'clock in the morning uh, on Saturday. Uh, other than that, we don't have anything to to uh, stress about or fuss about. No more than the usual business is going on around the world. Uh, you've been watching your news, so you know what's going on from D.C. and beyond. And there may be some other issues that you know about that is going on in your personal world. We talked about the uh, uh, remembering Brother Dennis in our thoughts and in our prayers. Uh, and other persons who may or may not uh, come around as much as they normally did. They might have issues. So it's a great time to remember some people. Our dear pastor is here to pray over us and pray over those issues that you may not uh, want to mention. Uh, He will begin, of course, by dealing in a form of corporatized worship, and praying over uh, uh, the things that are affecting us from around the world and in our region and in local areas. And then he will step aside and allow for us to take some time to lay our personal petitions out at the time that he sees fit. Before he does, My one last request that I want to make of you uh, is I mentioned uh, the conversation of Norfolk and beyond, and we're going to talk about that more on Wednesday, uh, the Norfolk and beyond reality. So if you come here at 630 on Wednesday morning, we're going to 
talk about that and, and kind of educate you on some things that are going on uh, and kind of a, a broader vision of this area and so forth. So that'll be Wednesday morning. We'll talk about that. Good morning there, Pastor. How you doing? I'm doing quite well, sir. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. I was just out in Suffolk today. I saw the cotton fields and walked the other way. Well, pray the Lord. It's good to have some reminders of certain things so you know how to walk. Pray the Lord. Yeah, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, good morning to you all, and good morning, Mother Bell. I'm telling you, you prayed that Jesus loved you. I thought the keys was going to walk down the Newport News. Hey, God Almighty, you played that thing. You played that thing. You put some snake on it this morning. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Thank you. <laughs> Amen. Good morning to all. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we, good morning. Father, we just thank you. We just praise you. We just glorify you. You're such a kind and loving God, and we come to you this morning. And you have given us permission to come to you as your children. And, Father, you said, suffer little children, come unto us, come unto you, Lord. And we are some bigger children now, we're older now, but you said that we still could come to you and we could come and we could bring all of our cares and our burdens and we can lay them at your feet. That's the loving God that you are. And God, we come this morning, we come this morning individually and corporately as we come to join our faith together to pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for again for this opportunity. Father, there are many things that are going on in our lives, Lord, that needs addressing. And Father, we come this morning to present some of those things to you. Father, there are people, Lord God, uh, that need your help in, on their physical bodies. God, strengthen and heal. Work miracles on their behalf. Lord God, lubricate bones and increase strength, Lord God. Soothe the aching of the bodies and the bones. Father, give rest, Lord God, to those who are not getting rest. Bring peace to the weary, Lord. Father, I pray, Lord God, that heartbeats will get stronger, kidneys will get stronger, Lord God. Eyesight and hearings, Lord God. The ability to move around, Lord God. I pray, God, that you will continue to move upon them. Father, time has not been kind to everyone as it relates to their bodies. I pray, Lord God, as you have given us your grace and your mercy each and every day, that, Lord God, that you will continue, Lord God, to look upon us. And, God, as we present to you our bodies as living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service unto you. Thank you for the assignments that you have given to us in our lives, and thank you for the strength to do them. God, you are the Lord thy God that healeth thee. 
And we pray, Lord God, as you continue to touch our dear mothers and our brother Dennis. And I pray, God, that you will continue to heal, Lord. God, continue to remember them. Lord God, their willingness, and their, not only just their willingness, Lord God, but their actual service unto you. Lord God, in their faithfulness and saying, I neither life or death or height or width or death will be able to separate me from your love. And we appreciate you, Lord, so much. Thank you for being that strength in you. Thank you for being our strength. Thank you for being everything that you say that you would be according to your word. And we pray that your kingdom will come down, Lord God, on earth as it is in heaven. Father, there are many things that are going on in our neighborhoods that need addressing. God, we place it in your hands. We place our children in your hands. We pray. We place our adults in your hands. We place you know, uh, the seniors in your hand, Lord. I pray, God, that you will visit all of us and and make sure, Lord God, that we have what we need. We thank you, Lord God, for the love that you have placed in people's hearts, such as our pastor, that will go out into the hedges and the highways, Lord God, and, and work the gifts that you have given them. We pray, Lord God, as your word has said, your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men. And, Father, as the gifts are working, Lord God, we pray for favor. We pray for insight. We pray, Lord God, that you open doors and then close some doors that need to be closed in Jesus' name. Father, we pray for those who are dealing with climate weathers and they're dealing with fires, they're dealing with floods. Even some, they are dealing with cold weather. and Some people are dealing with extreme heat. God, wherever they are, Lord God, we pray for mercy. Lord God, we look at those people that are on borders or trying to cross even here in the United States, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for direction. We pray, Lord God, that you release unto the people, uh, the state departments of solutions and how to help those who are in need. Father, we just pray, Lord God, that you will just continue, Lord God, to look over Israel. You told us to pray for Israel and pray for the peace of Israel. Lord God, as they're going under the attack, Lord God, we pray, God, that you would give them the direction that they need to pursue, Lord God, the peace. Lord God, conflicts all over this world, but God, you're a conflict solver. There's nothing too hard for you. And, Father, we just thank you. We just glorify you. We just lift up our officials that are are representing us. We pray, God, that you would touch their hearts and their minds, that they would do the right things. And, God, we just praise you. We just glorify you in Jesus' name. At this time, I know that there are some things that didn't cover none, probably some of on your heart. But now you have the opportunity to take it to the Lord for yourself. He loves you. Let's talk to him.
Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Morning by morning, new mercies I see. All that I needed, the Lord has provided. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thou faithfulness. Lord, unto us. Thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Amen. 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 I felt like I was at a concert with that one right there. Yeah, that was a, that 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 did a little something something to me. Yes, we find ourselves in the culture dealing. We find ourselves dealing in ways that seem confusing that yield frustration we find ourselves in the culture searching for answers not understanding the realities by which we find ourselves living in that's an overall pitch But the first reality I would like to submit to you for consideration in this morning is the reality of the struggle of the modern man. The wife and I had some conversations a couple of days ago. Actually, it was one conversation that just broke off into a series. And it was off the heels of an interaction that I had some time last week. I was trying to think about when that actually happened, but you know how it is. I don't I don't remember days and months and all I know the sun rises and sets. I found myself in the park uh, on a part of the doing one of my walks and I met this young lady that was out there and the young lady was having some conversations if you please she was talking about you know what was going on in the world and uh, how the world you you know you know how they get everybody's a an, an expert a psychologist i like to say everybody's a preacher haven't you noticed now mama bell she's smart she would know this more than anybody 
I have noticed that we got more preachers in the world and yet the world getting worse. Everybody got a sermon. I don't care where I go, who I talk to, and what company I'm in. Everybody got a sermon. Everybody preaching. And uh, so this particular lady was engaging in conversation and she was talking about what was going on in the world and why we were suffering. And one of the things that she pitched was the idea of the modern woman. And she presented the case that the woman should uh, not need a man and that we are of the generation that doesn't need men and we can live our world in independence. Now, I would like to submit to you for consideration that part of her argument holds some water to me. I do not submit to anyone that we should live in a time where women uh, were dependent upon man socially economically, even in the houses of worship. There are some brothers, as you know, the Southern Baptist Church to be particular, who's in the middle of a, a theological crisis uh, because some of their biggest and strongest congregations like Saddleback with Rick Warren and uh, we'll just stop right there. Uh, Saddleback with Rick Warren decided that they wanted to install women in the pastorate. That they believe that the woman uh, has and plays a key role in the ministry and in the sharing of the good news. There's some who uh, take the position that that is an inaccurate statement. But then again, I submit to you for consideration that where they got that from, that the woman should not participate is from a man named Paul. But Jesus contradicts that. Because when you ask, y'all told me that the best way to understand the English language was to go and read Brother Webster. Brother Webster, in connection with a theological strong dictionary, suggests to me that the sharing of the good news, the gospel, a sermon is nothing more than a person who is expounding based on a witness. And taking that into consideration, the first witness to expound upon the greatest news of all of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior was a bunch of women. So Jesus obviously took the position that women deserve the right because if anything, the woman was there and the man won't. So I don't submit that women should just stay at home flat-footed, pregnant, and making biscuits. But at the same time, there seemingly is this 
stronghold, if you please. This stronghold that either knowingly or unknowingly demasculinizes the male species. It chooses to make the male not a equal partner, but to flip the script, making the male the subordinate, making the male the weaker vessel that all the man should do now is sit down and shut up. There are certain things that I express to, to folks that um, I just consider. When you think about it, the male ego or the male psyche I think most folks don't understand it's not designed to handle certain things. Number one, when you tell a man to shut up, all he want to do is haul off and knock your teeth down your throat. It tricks something in his brain. He 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 gets, I, I can't explain it to you, and I've been in this body almost 40 years, but it's something about that that just triggers a man in a negative way. It almost dehumanizes him. makes him feel less important. And then you realize that the man has only two gears in his life. That's all he is. He's like an automobile. An automobile only run off two gears, reverse and drive. Anything else don't work really. And all a man does is he protects and he provides. That is what wires him. That is what makes him who he is. I recall of a young man that I used to be friends with. Oh, Mama Bell, that boy was scary. He, he was scared. He was a little chicken. He was a little chicken. We would go out in the woods and the moment you see something, it could be just a little creepy crawler little dung beetle could be a little little bird a little whatever something that you could probably squash with your little pinky but he'll get out there in the woods and the moment he sees it the, that that he could sing opera he'd scream so loud he was scared of everything and then almost in the twinkling of an eye, he got married. And he got married and started having children. And once he got married, he started having children as this Siri thing decided she wants to be nosy. Somebody to pray for Siri. Siri is nosy. She got married or he got married and decided he wanted to have children. And Mama Bell, his daughter, screamed one day. And you thought that boy was Tarzan. It didn't matter what it was. It didn't matter what he had to do. 
He heard his daughter scream. And that girl screamed, Daddy. And that boy went off. He snapped into protector mode. On another day, his wife screamed. And in an instant, he snapped into protector mode. There seems to be a crisis here. And I think it's in some cases just a, as anything, a lack of communication. You know what the text said, the people perish because of a lack of understanding. And I believe that in some cases there is this crisis, this pit of frustration that exists within the woman community. And I feel that out of a desperation to eradicate the sexism that infects our culture, we're dehumanizing, demasculizing the male in the process. It's a great opportunity, I believe, at this moment to bring awareness and most importantly, to share the importance of not putting women in a box, but also not building a woman at a man's expense. We were all put here to be helpers one of another. As a matter of fact, when you go into the creation story, the creation story presents the case that the man was sitting here and doing his thing. But God came down and looked and said, you know, we got a problem down there. Brother Adam is down there by himself. That's not a good thing. We need to figure out how to solve that and God came up and said, I think I got an idea. I put him somebody down there to help him. And Eve was created. And the creation story paints the picture that should be the model for how we operate. The Bible says... And I say that with emphasis that I didn't make it up. The Bible says that he put Adam into a deep sleep and out of Adam, he took a very key part, which was symbolic to say that part of him was in her and part of her was in him and that both needed each other to survive. That is the reality. That is the message I believe that can end the struggle of the modern man. But that brings us to a second point. 
second reality of social disenfranchisement because in this quest, in this struggle, I like to believe and take the position that we're in a fight for supremacy. And in this fight for supremacy, you have a reality of social disenfranchisement. There's some who are disconnected, who are not allowed at the table for various reasons, one or another. Some years ago, some of you will remember this, there was a major issue that happened in Norfolk. Norfolk, Virginia doesn't normally have drama. There's not normally much, at least not in my 40 years that I can remember, that happens in Norfolk to cause an uproar. Norfolk's a pretty chill city. As a matter of fact, this whole region, for the most part, other than Virginia Beach, God bless Bobby Dyer down there. But for the most part, it's a pretty relaxed city. City councils meet every every uh, every other week. They handle the business of the day. And then they back on the yacht before the sun sets. But a couple of years ago, some drama did happen up here in Norfolk over a an idea concept known as a casino, known as gambling. And I submit that because there was a piece of business that happened during that moment of struggle where there were some individuals who took the position that some folks just need to be excluded from the conversation because it is socially advantageous that some folks not be included. One lady took the position they're just not smart enough to be able to handle the complexities of advancement. In other words, they just don't know what's best for them. And so you see that in cultures all over the world, the struggle all over the world, where there's this fight for how we get our agenda through at the risk or at the expense of generally poor and working class people. They've pushed us into the reality that we just don't vote. They pushed us into the reality that we just don't participate in the system. Oh, I ain't got time to worry about their politics. I ain't got time to worry about City Hall. That's the reality to try to snuff us out by oppressing us and depressing us until we just give up hope. And then... Then comes the more violent part. The violent part of this conversation is when you get to the point where you're just helpless 
when you get to the point where you feel weak, when you get to the point where you feel like you just don't belong anymore. I was reading an article the other day. Somebody went to sleep on me. I was reading an article the other day, Mama Bell, that talked about the significance around crime. And one of those significance around crime, why it's so high, why it's so easy to just go to a fighting situation is because of this desperate reality by which we live where folks are just feeling like their only option is just death, whether it's unaliving themselves, whether it's domestic violence, substance abuse, anything that masks the pain, that masks the pressure of, of life is what we have resulted to because we found ourselves in this desperate moment. Now, all that negativity aside, I get to the point that I found here today. Because these gentlemen, these four gentlemen in our text, these four gentlemen took the position after surveying all that was around them. They realized their plight. They realized their circumstances, their situation. And then they just sat there and asked the question. Who went to sleep on me? But more importantly than that question, they asked, why would I just sit here if this is my only hope, if this is my only focus, why sit here and just die? When there is a possibility that if I leave, if I move out, if I try something different, if I, as Star Trek says, seek out new life and new civilization, if I boldly go where no one in my position has ever gone before, there's a possibility that it might get a little better. I've been to church all my life. I've heard the choir sing. There's a bright side somewhere. Don't you rest until you find it. And yet the more that song is sung, the least anybody actually participates in the search for the bright side. In one of the biographies about the struggle of the African-American slave, they painted the picture about how a significant number talked about freedom and the pursuit of same, but never wanted to actually pursue it. 
except one in every 10 slaves took the position that we already dead anyway. They're going to work us until we ain't good no more. And then once we old and can't keep up, they're going to put us down like a little horse or a dog in the back of the pasture. So since we already know that our impending doom, our reality is already death by firing squad. If we escape, there's a possibility that we can find peace. We can find love. We can find joy. We can find opportunity, but it's a risk of death too. But it's certain death here and possibility over there. Maybe we should try to go in another direction. That is the, the hope that I come to this morning. I already have nothing left. I'm not educated. I'm poor. I'm feeble. I'm suffering with medical or physical ailments. I got a couple of things on my record that might make it unappealing to anybody with significant amount of resources. I already know that the stack, the deck is stacked against me. And yet I read this book. This book that suggests that a cattle on a thousand hills belongs to the Lord. This book that suggests that the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. This book that suggests that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This book that suggests no weapon formed against me shall prosper. This book that suggests whatever I ask of in the name I shall have it. I have not because I ask not. All these things are suggested in this book. So how come if this book presents this roadmap to prosperity, how come if this book presents this roadmap to success, to promise, to hope, this book talks about plans, That before I was formed in my mammy's womb, there were some plans long before Teddy Pentagrass was put on and the candles was lit and the lights was turned down low. Long before there were some shots of rosé and somebody's ear got whispered in and they started talking funny. There were some plans. If that's the case, those plans suggest that I'm not to be a failure. Those plans suggest that I'm not to be a broke, beat down individual. Those plans suggest that I'm supposed to have a future and a hope. So if that's the case, 
And if God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent, if that's the case, then why should I continue to invest myself in this struggle? Why should I continue to take the position that this is just my reality? That I'm destined to be disenfranchised and I'm destined to be demasculinized. That I'm sitting here trying to question whether or not I'm supposed to live or not. Why do all that when I know all this information? When I've been given all of this promise, maybe, just maybe, if I try, I'll find that bright side that grandmama and her mama and the rest of them talked about. If I put my hand, as they would say down in the old church, in the hand of the man that could trouble the water. This morning, my thought process is simple. All of us who are living, who are born, who are breathing, are doing so because God has something special for us. We were created for a reason. We were created for a season. A season that is obviously not expired because we're still breathing. That is my prayer this morning that we would find that we are not meant to just sit here and die. But we are meant to live. We are meant to pursue. We are meant to go out and find that thing that has been buried deep inside of us. We are meant to find those plans that God has for us. I'm in search of those plans. I'm in search of that prosperous hope. I'm a believer that as the scripture says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of one that he should repent. So obviously that bright side does exist. And if I ask, he shall deliver. This morning, as we have our moment of prayer, our moment of meditation, if you please, the question that I ask for meditation is what are you actually doing? Are we waddling in depression? Are we sunk in our pit of despair? Are we realizing that we got up this morning and called in a 
went to church, or watched it, or whatever we have done, however we get our spiritualizing on. We've done that because we realize of that hope. Is this just a ritual thing? Or am I going to get something out of this? That's the question I want to ask this morning. What am I going to get out of this? I want to get them plans. I want to realize that I was created to have dominion, to rule and super rule. That I was created to be like my father, my creator, the God of the universe. And that God is not broken. If I'm supposed to be like him, I'm not supposed to be broke either. That's what my mission and my focus is. I pray for you this morning. I pray for you as we sit and prepare to conclude I ask you to process this morning those issues that are holding us down. Those issues that are keeping us in our current situation. Father, we'll come with our closing prayer. Most gracious and all wise fathers, we come this morning, we come to tell you thank you. We thank you for a great opportunity have you have given us. And God, we asking you this morning, look down upon us, God. Stir up them gifts that you have given us. Oh, God, help us to go forth praising and magnifying your name. Help us, oh God, to look to you from whence cometh our health and strength. Help us to realize, God, that you have made each one of us individual to be a helpers one of another. Teach us, oh God. Teach us how to lean and depend on you. Not on what people say, but what you say about us, God. Help us, oh God, to trust you. As we go forth this day, God, help us to go forth and shine lights in this dark world. Shine on us, God. We can't do it of ourselves. We need your help, God. And, oh God, in the name of Jesus, stir us up. Stir us up, dear God. And, oh God, help us to remember that you are in control of every situation that you love us, God. Oh, God, help us to always know that your love is so great that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You will never turn your back on us, God, but you will always make the way for us. Help us to realize there is a bright side. God, help us to wait on you. Help us to trust you. And as we go along the way, God, knowing that there is a bright side for us, that we're going to see you one day, God. And we just want to thank you. We want to praise you this morning, God. We want to magnify you. And God, we give your name all the honor, all the praises, and all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 Amen.